0: Do you want to bet this college football bowl season alongside Dave Coken and Ralph Michaels? Well, we have you covered. When you look among the list of our handicappers, some are known more for specific sports. And when you mention college football, two that jump out are Dave Coken and Ralph Michaels. Mr. Dave Coken has been the all-time profit leader in college football since he joined Wager Talk, and while the regular seasons have been profitable, his performance in the Bulls have been even better going 45-22 and one. That's 67%. Ralph Michaels was a previous general manager of Phil Steele Publications, voting on all significant college football awards, including the Heisman Trophy, before joining Wager Talk, Ralph's run and ball action has been stellar, going 44 and 20, that's 69%. Our bowl package price will be $199 with the $149 early bird. You can lock in Dave and Ralph's both for only $198, coming out to just $99 each. That's Dave's 68% and Ralph's 69% bowl records, including any 5% best bets released in bowl season for just $198 access will cover any college football releases from the bahama bowl on friday december 16th through the college football playoff national championship game on monday january 9th from both ralph michaels and dave koken and include any five percent best bets swag fast before pricing goes back to regular price
1: Hey guys, welcome in and a very uh, happy Tuesday to you now, $2 Tuesday over at uh, wagertalk.com. It also happens to be Champions Week in college football, a lot of uh, conference championships uh, going on. We're going to preview a couple of them uh, on the show today, and uh, we really assembled quite the team for you here, guys, to break some of these games down as we welcome in mr dave Coken in the house as is the pen ralph michaels and uh back uh haven't seen him in a while there straight from the uh the best damn college football show with drew martin uh we get to borrow him here for this show rob vino in the house uh gentlemen welcome in on this uh bowl week here and uh ralph we just saw the uh the promo you and uh dave the opportunity Uh, To hop on board for the upcoming bowl season, Uh, and we've talked about it uh, all last week, how ridiculously profitable you two have been over the years. You had some crazy, absurd numbers. Uh, I don't know if you still have them or can share them, but the reality is getting not one, but both of uh, you guys for this college bowl season might just be the most profitable thing we do all year.
3: You know, I give Dave so much credit. We talk every bowl season. We talk about situations and run some numbers. And, you know, it's an entirely different way of handicapping that our experience through the years have led us to this recent success. Dave, the last five years in bowls, 45 and 21, 67.2%. Just about the same, 44 and 20, 68.7%. Bowl packages are up and available on everyone's page. They're $149 per capper, but if you go to my page or Dave's page, you'll get us both for just $99 each, again, 67.2% and 68.7% respectively for our two bowl seasons over the last half of decade.
1: Unbelievable here Opportunities uh, present themselves here And uh, guys definitely take advantage of it And you haven't uh, been to Rob Vino's page yet Make sure you head on over there Because uh, Rob, whether it be college uh, basketball The NBA, we see every week on the NBA tip-off show uh, Your college football season has been phenomenal NFL uh, heading into championship week here tonight What do you got uh, locked and loaded over at Wager Talk for us?
2: Yeah, right now, Joe, what's locked and loaded is NBA for this evening, Um, college football to be posted uh, piece by piece, I think, a little bit tonight, and then the bulk of it between Wednesday and Thursday. Obviously, we go with a couple of Friday games this week, good time of year, important games, obviously, uh, November TENDED TO BE A PRETTY GOOD MONTH COLLEGE football wise PICKED UP 23 UNITS, ROI. SO HEADING INTO THE BALL SEASON PRETTY STRONG. AND LOOK FORWARD TO uh, SHARING SOME THOUGHTS WITH ALL YOU GUYS
1: HERE. Uh, LOOKING FORWARD TO IT. AND uh, DAVE COHEN COMING OFF A uh, 5-0 and uh, WEEK THERE. RIVALRY WEEK IN COLLEGE FOOTBALL. Uh, CONGRATULATIONS THERE. 12-2 and COLLEGE BASKETBALL RUN. I KNOW YOU HAVE TWO PLAYS UP IN COLLEGE BASKETBALL TONIGHT FOR JUST $19 over at your page at uh, Wager Talk, but, you know, the opportunity to get you and Ralph together in a combo package for bowl season uh, may be uh, one of the best uh, and one of the most popular promotions we have all year.
4: Yeah, we did this last year, so this is the second annual combo deal with Ralph and myself. Last two seasons in the bowls, uh, the I'm 19-6, and 6, so it's been really good. Looking forward to doing it again.
1: Going to be a profitable uh, championship week as well as bowl season, guys. And we're going to do our part here talking about a couple of these uh, games. Let's start uh, with this one here as North Texas taking on UTSA. Eight and a half, uh, the Roadrunners, are favorite. Total is 168. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Did I read that? Oh, okay. 68. It might as well be 168, uh, Ralph Michaels. Uh, North Texas uh, getting more than a touchdown here. 7.30 is going to be the tip here. I believe this one's on uh, Friday. Talk to me here, Ralph. What do you think of this matchup?
3: Yeah, two games on Friday. This and the Pac-12, which we'll be talking about as well. You know, in the first game they played this year, North Texas had that lead. UTSA scored on, on the final drive uh, to win that game 31-27. But we get to the bowl season, so let's bring out like opponents. They face seven common opponents this year. UTSA 7 and 0 straight up, 3 and 4 against the spread, plus 19.7 points, 19.7 points per game and plus 70 yards per game. North Texas 6 and 1 straight up, a better ATS record 4 and 3, points per game almost the same, plus 17, and yards per game almost the same, plus 66. I think this is just too high of a spread. UTSA got here last year, took care of business. I did go to the database, and just so you guys have an idea, when you're playing for the second time in a season, I went back to 2011, so the last 10 years, the team that won as a home favorite the first time has covered 53.8% of the time the second time. That leans with UTSA, but the more generic number Whenever you play someone for the second time without being at home, the team that won the first has actually gone 45.8% in the second. So the team that lost the first game has covered uh, 54.2%. Again, it's not going to make you change your bet, but I just wanted to share those numbers. I look at at North Texas, and both teams are banged up. North Texas has had has not had their top two running backs for each of the last two games. They're questionable this week. So we're not sure what's going on. UTSA has been one of the most injured teams at all. This is Trailers quote this week. Uh, we've just been in a constant shuffle. We have eight starters down. Guys that we were counting on to play, we're now shuffling them around. That's not to even mention the backups that have been out. Freak stuff. So we say it all the time. Healthy teams don't win championships. Tough teams do. Uh you know, they have a freshman running back who saved their season this year because their top two were out. I, I think North Texas can keep it close. I think North Texas has one of the best sets of linebackers and the best O-line in, in CUSA. I am going to back North Texas plus the points.
1: All right, going to go uh, North Texas and the points. Uh, this is one of five matchups, Dave, uh, in which, uh, well, we got an opportunity for payback, a little revenge here. Uh, North Texas in them. Do you think
4: they get it? I'm not going to commit to a sign on this game yet. Uh, might get involved later on. Looking back at the first meeting, San Antonio pulls out the close game. Yardage in that game, North Texas won it by a play, pretty good margin. So they're going to have their confidence level pretty high going into this game. The matchup is still something that I think favors San Antonio. Uh, these two teams want to establish the run. They're, they're run-first teams. North Texas does not defend the run nearly as well as San Antonio does. Roadrunners are very good stopping the run. And that could be the key to this game. If they force the mean green to start throwing the ball, I think that's, that's not a good thing. For North Texas. San Antonio coming off a weird game. I had El Paso for a strong play last week. Easy, easy spread winner. Runners came back from 24 nothing down in that game to pull it out with three seconds to go in the game. So a nice win for them. Ralph mentioned the injury issues from both teams. I think I want to wait around and see who's playing on Friday. I think San Antonio wins the game Whether I get there as far as the spread goes,
1: kind of doubtful. So it's uh, in that first meeting there, Rob, Dean, I believe North Texas, uh, I believe they were getting uh, at least 10 points, 72.5 as a uh, total in that one. It didn't go over. It stayed under. This one's a little less than that. So how do you uh, approach this uh, matchup here, injuries and all? Well, let's talk about
2: that first game because Ralph and Dave started to get into it. And it just examine what happened. The first half in that game, Joe, was 6-3 to three at yeah. halftime. I'll give you Texas San Antonio's first six possessions. Uh, their six possessions of the first half. They gained 207 yards, only scored three points off of those. Interception, turnover on down, missed a 37-yard field goal, punted, kicked a 32-yard field goal. They had gotten to the 15. And then right as half ended, they were on a 50-yard drive at the UNT 35-yard line, only three points. Six second-half possessions, 288 yards, 28 points, four touchdowns. I'll explain it why it happens, guys. UNT, game plan specific for that game, played umbrella-style defense. UTSA and Conference USA doesn't often see those two high safeties, and we're going to make it dink and dunk down the field. They didn't handle it well in the first half. Second half, they did. Like I say, 288 yards, 28 points. Leads me to believe that they figured out what North Texas was doing to them. And since North Texas was in that game the entire way, as Ralph said, they win with like 15 – or San Antonio wins with like 15 seconds left. Since UNT hmm. was in it the whole way, I don't know that they changed anything here, guys. Um You often see these second matchups and wonder, will film study from the regular season game have uh, breed any changes, so to speak? Last year, when UTSA played Western Kentucky twice, regular season, 1,134 total yards in the game. Championship game, exactly the same, (laughs) 1,134 total yards. Nothing changed. I don't know that anything's going to change here. UNT had real good success throwing the football against Texas San Antonio in that first game. Quarterback Austin Audi only completed 15 passes. Those 15 passes gained 325 yards, 21.7 for completion. And as for the running back situation, um, you know, the kid in there now, Ragsdale, has 114 carries on the year and went for 122, 7.2 a carry last week. So he's not some guy that they're just sticking in there that's extremely inexperienced. 114 carries, a lot of carries. I like what Seth Luttrell has done in the second half of the season. Um, Certainly he brought UNT along last year. He brought him along this year. I think they're both susceptible to running past. The the number's been jacked from 66.5 to 68. What I've got to ask myself in this one, Joe, is, you know, does UTSA's rugged first half in the first game equate to – 10, 11 more points in this game now that they know what North Texas is going to do to them. It just might. 38-31 final. Really not out of the realm of possibility in great conditions here in the Alamo Dome. So maybe I would look over if I was pushing aside. I think North Texas is probably good enough to stay under the number.
1: If it ain't broke, uh, don't fix it. It was good the first go around. Let's see if uh, they can handle it the second uh, go around. And you heard these guys talk about it. uh, The Pac-12. It's Friday, and uh, Utah going to be taking on USC. Uh, SC here uh, laying that field goal. Total is 67, 8 o'clock uh, on Friday night. And we saw this uh, earlier in the season. And, boy, that was a fun game, huh? Um, boy, Dave, what do you think, man? Can they top, uh, can they top that uh, in this second goal round? Do you think anything changes in this matchup?
4: I don't think they can top it because it was, it was an incredible Oof. game. But it might just be a rerun of the first game. And I think you can argue the two offenses are peaking right now. Caleb Williams is going to win the Heisman for USC. He's just impossible to tackle. Uh, his scrambling ability is incredible. Utah, I know they Colorado last week. But still, you get 60-plus. in. What was kind of a dead game for them. All they had to do was win the game. Uh, 43-42 the first time around. Going to have ideal conditions at Allegiant Stadium. These two teams are going to go up and down the field again. Uh, I'm I'm expecting a lot of money to show on the over. I'm not going to commit to a side yet. I do have an opinion, but I'm going to hold off on that because I don't want to get locked into it. But as far as the total goes... I don't know that either team's defense can stop the opposing offense. I think Williams and Rising are going to be the two stars in this game. And I would look for a game that has a, a reasonable chance to get close to the 85 they scored the first time. Maybe not quite as much, but certainly into the 70s. So I'll look at the over.
1: All right, you're going to look at the over here in this one. Kind of hard to argue with that, uh, Ralph. Points uh, should be plenty. It's a matter which defense, I guess, can get a couple of stops when it matters most here. How are you leaning towards this matchup?
3: Well, let me say this. There's no way in hell I would be betting the under here. I'm not going to bet the over either, but I clearly agree with that side. Um, I'm going to give a lean. This won't be on my card, but I want to give you an opinion. I clearly have an opinion on Utah. Uh, You know, Two offenses the last four weeks, USC averaging 533 yards per game, 46 points per game. Last four games, Utah, 42 points per game, 482 yards. In that first game, you rarely see the linesmen needing oxygen. There were 58 first downs. Those guys were having to hustle down that field. So, uh, you know, seeing that again wouldn't surprise me. But it's the defense. Yes, Utah got thrashed that first game. They allowed 556 yards. But remember, they were coming off a UCLA game on the road where they had given up 502 yards. So they were a tired defense, and now I think they have time to prepare. That defense was only on the field 53 plays last week against Colorado. So I think that helps Utah. When I look at the season-to-date numbers, Utah's defense is actually number 12 in the country holding opponents to 81 yards per game, less than they normally average. In the last four or five games, they've held um, Arizona, Washington State, excuse me, to their second lowest total of the year, Arizona to their number three lowest, Stanford to their lowest, Oregon and Cal to their number two lowest. USC, on the flip side, is number 78. Their defense is actually allowing their opponents 10 yards per game more than they normally average. Utah has been a staple here. They've been to this championship five of the last six years, We played in Vegas last year, beat Oregon, and I think they're playing with house money. Coming into that final week against Colorado, I have to think you didn't think you were going to be there. USC, let's not forget, now playing with that pressure, win and you're going to make the playoffs. That's something they're not accustomed to doing. You know, thank God they have Lincoln Riley there instead of some previous coaches they've had. But um, you know, if I have one team... That has the pressure of winning, one team that is semi playing with house money with the better defense. I'm going to side with the Utes. Uh,
1: I'm going to side uh, with the Utes in this one. I mean, we were talking, Rob Vino, early on uh, before the season. We did a lot of these uh, future videos, and hey, Utah was the team, right? They were the one that was going to take down the Pac 12. Then they lost to Florida, and everyone kind of stuck. A fork in them, but yet, whoop, here they are in the Pac-12 championship with an opportunity to take it down. So what do you think about this uh, round two we're going to get here? Yeah, and on the flip side of that, Joe,
2: I think USC, as far as the betting public is concerned, is a team that everybody's been waiting to stumble and fall, and they just never have throughout the season. And um, now, as Ralph mentioned, have a chance to be in the college football playoff. I would concur with every single thing Dave said about this being a high-scoring game. I mean, again, let's just view that first game in context like I did with the Texas San Antonio game. Here's Utah taking the field, first time they've ever seen Lincoln Riley's offense, the first time they've seen a lot of this USC personnel. Remember, they hit the transfer portal as hard as anybody. And what happens, the first three drives of the game, USC scores touchdowns. They go up, they get 21 quick points, and they gain 224 yards on those three drives. However, you know, the next eight drives of that game, once Utah settled in, they only allowed 332 total yards in three TDs. So they got used to it a little bit, assimilated to the USC stuff. Couldn't really stop it, but certainly contained it way better than they did the first three times. Could film study help them in this contest? Perhaps it can. Maybe Kyle Whittingham can make a defensive adjustment here or there. I wouldn't be so sure of that, however, because personnel is always going to win out in these situations. I don't think um, any defensive coordinator, unless you have Georgia's defense, I don't know that you can scheme your way out of USC's offense. So probably a lot of points by USC. Add that to the fact that Utah, in that first game, they scored touchdowns on five of their final six drives of that contest. And then pulled it up with the touchdown and a two-point conversion at the very end. All of those six drives, they gained sixty yards or more. The only drive they didn't score on, they actually fumbled on the three-yard line, and reminiscent of what they did against Florida when they got you know picked in the end zone and were going crazy in the second half, moving up and down the field. So they had no trouble whatsoever pushing the football against USC's defense. Had the ball ten times, eight of those ten times, they gained fifty-nine yards or more out of possession. I don't see any way either team stops each other. As Dave said, you've got free field conditions indoors here in Las Vegas, Legion Stadium. Both quarterbacks playing really well. USC's just got receivers to no end. And the speed of the game just allows you that many more opportunities to score points. I would say that certainly this one has a good chance to get over the 67.
1: Yeah, up and over. i got just... Get the popcorn ready. That's going to be one hell of a, uh, a ride there. Should be a good time. And, of course, we've got one more game uh, coming up. This is going to be Saturday at noon. And, uh, boy, oh, boy, Toledo taking on Ohio in this one. 55 is the total. Uh, one and a half, uh, the slight favorite uh, Toledo here. What do you think here, uh, Dave, of uh, Toledo? It's been uh, a little bit of an up and down the last month here, but well, here they are, a slight favorite.
4: Well, yeah, he can throw it in the last two games because they already knew they were playing in the championship game.
1: Yep.
4: Uh, they, gave, they gave starters the, the game off, basically, two weeks back. And, uh, you know, last game, let's just get through it. I, Ohio's played really well, but... They they lost Rourke. He's out for the year. The young quarterback is replacing him. I just don't think they can do the things with him that they did with Rourke, who really throws it well and is like having a second coach on the field. Uh, He's going to probably end up in the CFL like his brother. Mm. Kick and play. But they're going to miss him here. The flip side is I really don't like teams that took those last two weeks off, so to speak. I think he lost the momentum. Uh, I, I don't know. This is a big question mark for me on this game. If I had to play anything, I think I might go at the under. I think Ohio is probably going to be somewhat conservative. More run than pass. Uh, Toledo, pretty good rushing defense. Decent rushing offense. I think they're also going to be more run than pass. So maybe a fast-moving game. Probably close. I I don't know who's going to win it. But I'll give you a lean on the under in this game.
1: All right, going towards uh, the under. Ralph certainly feels like a defensive uh, battle coming up here. Ohio's been really, really good, uh, and they've gotten better as the season went on. Uh, What do you think we're going to get in this matchup, though?
3: Listen, you're not going to find – I probably can go back 10 years. You're not going to find a hotter ATS streak versus colder ATS streak. Toledo comes in with five straight ATS losses. Ohio comes in with eight straight ATS wins. Mm. Now, the difference between Ohio is, Rourke out for the year, you know that. Harris played last game, 15-33 to on the year, only 45.5%. That makes Ohio change the office. That concerns me. This game opened at 4.5. It's now down to 1.5 because we don't know what Daquan Finn is going to be for Toledo. Uh, You know, I would like to do this game later in the week. They had Monday off. Today was the first day of practicing, and we would see if Finn is going to participate in practice or not. That is a huge difference. That's probably a seven-point difference, maybe a six-point difference for me for Toledo. Having one of the best quarterbacks in the conference versus Tucker Gleason being there, who's completing 47.5% in his starts. Finn has a 21-12 ratio, but a lot of those interceptions were late. But let's remember, he was also the number one rusher on the team before he got injured. So you have that dual threat. So I'm going to lean under. I like the under a lot if Finn doesn't play. If Finn plays, that takes the under away. And I actually think there's some value with Toledo with the very short number now at one and a half. At seven and five, it's a team that you think, well, they lost their last two games. They lost as a favorite, Dave said. They knew that they had clinched their spot already. But they're saying the right things. If you go to the Toledo Blade and read some of their quotes, despite being in 7-5, they say, listen, we don't have a win total record when we came into the season. Our record was to win the MAC and win the MAC championship. So, you know, all of our goals are still ahead of us. So there is some positivity, at least from players and coaches' quotes this far. Finn's the determining factor for me, so it's sort of wait and see.
1: All right, going to wait and see, hold off. How about you, uh, Vino? Is this a uh, wait-and-see spot for you, you got a feeling one way or the other?
2: Well, just to give you another aspect of where Toledo quotes are going, let's go to head coach Jason Candle, who basically said this. I didn't basically say this, a quote of what he said this week. I don't know a ton about Ohio other than crossover film. uh, Obviously, very efficient offensively. The new defensive staff has done a great job eliminating explosive plays, very similar to the defense we just played. The defense they just played was Western Michigan. Daquan Mm -hmm. Finn started that game, looked injured. Um, I don't know if they shoved him out there injured to try and get him ready for this or not, but he did not look good whatsoever. He got sacked despite his ability to scramble. Tucker Gleason got sacked, and all they allowed, six sacks in that game. Their offensive line looked like a sieve. And I know Ralph um, and Dave both keep power ratings as well. I'd be interested to know. But for me, I went back and looked. Ralph talked about the 0-5 ATS number that Toledo has posted last five weeks. And I went back five weeks, and I have downgraded Toledo more than any team in the nation, minus six Mm. and a half points over that span of time. The other side of the coin, I've upgraded Ohio, which speaks to – Um, The other point these guys were making, that Ohio's playing really well. They've been upgraded seven-and-a-half points over that same time frame. That's a 14-point difference. Two teams going opposite ways. There's a real good chance that we do get backup quarterbacks facing off against each other in the championship game. It could be C.J. Harris on the Ohio side, Tucker Gleason on the other side. To Tucker Gleason's defense for Toledo, it was not his throwing hand, but he played with a broken hand last week, but it didn't matter. I mean, he couldn't get out of harm's way because the offensive line couldn't stop Western Michigan. And his passing was miserable. He's 13 of 38, 34%, a TD and a pick. The week before against Bowling Green where, you know, yes, they didn't care much, but they did allow season-high 42 points to Bowling Green, season-high 329 passing yards to Bowling Green. And Tucker Gleason goes 22 of 40, only 55%. Um, The one thing about C.J. Harris that I would take over Tucker Gleason is listening to a Curtis Work interview. Last game, Curtis Work said, hey, C.J. Harris has been in this program almost as long as I have. He's a 30-year sophomore. Um, He knows the entire system. He's going to be just fine. He's not Curtis Work. Curtis Work is the best QB in the conference. And Gleason is not Finn, although I think even if Finn plays, he's probably not as effective as he generally would be. I kind of like Ohio U in this game, but the number has been chewed down so far, four and a half to one and a half. My power ratings actually suggest Ohio U should be a half a point favorite here on this neutral field, so maybe there's still some wiggle room. Last seven games, we don't know Ohio U for their defense very often. However, their last seven games, they've only allowed 18 points per game. The highest they've given up is 24. They're only allowing 321 and a half yards per game. Ohio Ohio's defense is even on par of uh, what Toledo's is. Toledo's has been a little worse. For a team that came into the season, guys, with what appeared to be a talent separation above all rest in the MAC. Toledo and Jason Candle, to me, are failing miserably. down. It's not even the last two games. It's the back half of the season. I'd rather go with the hot team, and I do agree with Dave on the under, because just listen to these numbers last week. Some of it due to the fact that Ohio U had a big lead in the game. But with the backup quarterback, C.J. Harris, not only were they conservative, they were ultra conservative. They ran the ball 64 times and only put it in the air 21. That's 75% run out of Ohio U. Toledo's a pretty good run defense, which would lead me to, again, agree with Dave that this one probably stays under 55.
1: All right. I want to to just
4: I, I also saw the interview with Rourke while the game was going on. He was saying all the right things, but watching Harris, he's not accurate at all. I think mm. that's it. You know, run pass options certainly there. He's got the legs, but I don't think he's got the arm. Uh, uh, I think it's a big drop-off from Rourke to Harris. I, guys, what, five to seven points? Yeah. So, and yeah. I think it comes off the oh, yeah. I think it comes off the offensive side for Ohio. So that's why I, I think it's going to be a really conservative game plan both ways. Mm. Joe,
3: I, I've got. I'm going to. I'm going to finish up Rob's comment because I pulled sure. up my power ratings. Rob, looking, looking from six weeks ago, like you said, yep. I have this game a 14 point difference. Wow, I have Toledo wow. down six, and I have Ohio up eight. So that means if this game were the beginning of November, I would make Toledo a 15-point favorite and a 14-point favorite on a neutral field. So that shows that if you get Toledo and his quarterback practices this week and shows that he's semi-healthy, how much value there is on the Rockets. Wow. And, and, but, but the,
4: the, the question is, how much do you adjust the power rating for this game with Rourke absolutely out? I mean, he is definitely out. Mm. And and Harris, who has not been impressive, so, I mean, there has to be a downgrade in Ohio, doesn't there?
3: Yeah, I, you said five to seven, Dave, and I agree yeah. that, you know, we think we think the best quarterbacks in the country have the biggest move, yeah. but I think the biggest move are the mid majors because you have such a big drop off between agree. one and two. Yeah. The, the yeah. great teams yeah. have great backups. The MAC teams don't have great backups. So when you get a when you get someone like Roark, who is all conference there's a bigger drop-off than you have at USC or Ohio State or Alabama or any of those teams.
1: Yep, yep, absolutely. It should be Can I a, say- uh, should be a noon on Saturday. Yep, noon uh, in Detroit, in fact, is where this one uh, will be, guys. So uh, in the meantime, yeah. though, uh, you may want to head over to wagertalk.com there. We told you a little earlier, uh, bowl season just around the corner. If you visit both uh, Ralph and Dave's page, the opportunity – to hop on board uh, with one or both of them uh, and get uh, an entire all-access package for the bowl season. That is the way to do it here, guys. And of course, Rob Vino locked and loaded tonight in uh, in the NBA, but also uh, rare to go here in championship week as well as the bowl season. So no reason not to continue to profit here in college football as championship uh, week uh, will come. And then of course, Bowl season and playoff time will be here. So now it is time to figure out maybe uh, one of these games these guys like a little bit more than the rest. So, Ralph, uh, I'll start with you. Tell us, uh, is there, you like one of these games a little bit more than the others?
3: Yeah, I'm, I'm going to back Utah. Uh, you know, my power ratings have them basically at a pick. I'm getting a field goal. I think Rob made some great points about adjustments. I think playing the second time, Helps Utah versus USC much more than it helps USC versus Utah. One team playing with pressure, one team playing carefree. Utes for me.
1: Utes, it is. I, you know, it's, it's a vote for chaos. I love it, Ralph. Uh, Dave, um, don't forget the 2 uh, the two plays, guys. Right now at wager talk at Dave's page, college basketball tonight. He's on a 12 and two run. You can have them both. Make sure you visit his page here as soon as we're done. And uh, tell me, Dave, which one of these games are you leaning towards? Uh,
4: And again, I'm not locked into anything yet. Uh, Championship week, I I like getting as much information as possible, so I probably won't play anything until Thursday. But I think USC-Utah is the most fun game of the week. And uh, I'll go with the over. I think it will live up to billing and be an up-and-down-the-field affair that gets into the 70s.
1: Yeah, going to be a fun one, that's for sure. And Rob Vino, NBA Locked and Loaded here tonight. Uh, visit him at wagertalk.com. Tell me, Rob, which one of these games uh, might you be leaning towards?
2: All right, so it's not to be repetitive, because I thoroughly agree with Dave. I'll go to the first game we talked about, um, UTSA in North Texas. And play that one over what is the current of 68. I just want to make a couple more quick points here, guys. I talked a lot about the context of the first game, how it was played, how UNT came out with a certain style of defense, UTSA TSA did not fare well, did real well in the second half. They ran 94 plays in that game, oh. Texas San Antonio did. Um, it's so rapid fire. I think they'll play a solid four quarters here offensively. Let me say that these two teams combined on the season have – either scored or allowed a total of sixty six touchdowns from outside the red zone. If you're gonna play overs you want touchdowns outside the red zone. These two teams have both scored combined thirty nine times outside the red zone and their defenses have allowed twenty seven more. Sixty six a lot of touchdowns outside the red zone, guys. I think big plays happen. I think the scoring gets up there. Um Again, you're under 69, which means 38-31 wins for you. I can see that happening here, so I'll take over
1: UNT, UTSA. I love it. 66, my goodness. All right, guys, uh, there you got it. Uh, One more time here, Ralph Michaels likes Utah taking on USC. He's going to take the three. Uh, Vino, you just heard him go up and over uh, that number there with North Texas and UTSA, while Dave... Uh, leans and uh, thinks this is absolutely going to be the most entertaining game here this weekend. Utah, USC over 67 points. Make sure you visit all three of these guys, wagertalk.com. And do not forget while you're there, stay on top of it, guys. The free live odds page available at wagertalk.com. Just click that tab, check it out. Uh, never be surprised by a line move. All great information there. It's for free. Just visit WagerTalk.com. all right we'll be back again tomorrow we're going to break down a few more of these championship uh week games and then of course get you ready for what should be an exciting and profitable weekend until then on behalf of rob vino ralph michaels his pen and uh dave Coken, we thank you guys best of luck with all your plays here tonight and this weekend we'll talk to you again soon good luck
0: as $2 Tuesdays at wageshock.com and sportsmemo.com where you can get the hottest handicappers best bet or daily package for only $2.